Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast by Ugly Ventures. I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, and the co-founder at Ugly Ventures, a place where entrepreneurs like you can find the tools and capital to grow your business. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Today, we're talking about product market fit. Something that I think not a lot of us think about enough. I'm going to tell you a story. This is a personal story of one of the many businesses that I've started in my day. I was living in China and I had a business called Hazel and Murray. And we were sourcing pearls because pearls were very inexpensive in China and we were creating awesome designs and just hoping and praying that they would sell. And we had this business for five years. I was working with a wonderful partner. We were, had so much fun. It was such a fun business. But I think we followed the path that many entrepreneurs follow. So see if this sounds familiar to you. We saw an opportunity because we had access to inexpensive pearls. We knew that people wanted pearls. But we never really honed in on like who we were selling to and why and what they actually needed. What we ended up doing was creating a logo, putting up a website, designing a bunch of collections, taking photos of the collections, creating brochures of the collections, f- networking to figure out how we can mm, make do some showrooms. We would really be selling them when we came back to the U.S. and we would have like events like pearl parties where invite friends and family to buy and we each buy you know we made money we made money just enough money to invest back in the business and we were doing it as like a side hustle we both had full-time jobs but it was fun it was really fun and the years went by and we never grew we had a lot of ideas about how we could sell the distribution models we could um that we could use you know we tried doing multi-level marketing we tried um you know selling in like pop-up shops we just tried selling 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 however we could and i remember it came to a point where after years, right, it started getting a little bit tiresome for me. And working in a partnership is always so difficult, especially when you're friends. And my partner and I were, you know, at the time we were best friends. We were living together. We spent almost every waking minute together. And at some point, I started to hit a wall. I was working as a marketing director, you know, for a hospitality brand develop developer you know we were building sophisticated strategies on you know sales strategies for 
the, the properties and, and we were building out sophisticated strategies for getting investors for the next properties. And I remember thinking at one point, you know what, this fun pearl jewelry business is like not going anywhere. And it became a real source of tension because I, I remember one of our meetings just saying like, but what, like, what is the really like way that we're going to make money out of this business, right? What is really the way we're going to like turn the corner and this could like start supporting us and we can like quit our full-time jobs. And my partner, I think like saw where I was coming, but it was just not, it was getting icky. It was getting icky because, you know, it's all fun until it's not fun. And I started really thinking like, we're missing some kind of structure. We're missing some kind of like piece of the puzzle. And the only solution we had was like more ideas. Well, what if we created like collections for bridesmaids and we, you know, gave certain discounts or we custom did this or we whatever. It was like all of the solutions to the problem we had was always based around like what new thing can we do? right? What new uh, product can we create that will like catch on or be popular? And what this approach is, is like a throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I know from working with founders and being in community with founders for 15 years, that our story is not unique. In fact, the lean startup book I think one of like the first paragraphs of that book like addresses this issue exactly which is entrepreneurs sort of toil away or we like go into this entrepreneurial laboratory we like close the door we barely talk to anyone about what we're doing and we just like build we put all the pieces together the logistics of like where where our product's coming from or what the service is going to look like, what kind of support we need, put together the Excel spreadsheets for, you know, our forecasts and our project, our, our projections, all that stuff. And then we like launch our thing into the world and wonder why it's not like a raging success. And I'm here to tell you today that I believe, no, I know that the reason this happens is because as as creatives as entrepreneurs as really super passionate people sometimes it's not so fun to do the due diligence and product market fit is all about doing the due diligence and it's the unsexy kind of uncomfortable thing that you need to do before you really go all in on your business you have to make sure that there is a viable market like human beings that are breathing that want to buy your product but not only like not only once like many times right maybe it's one person depending on the price of your product or service or what it is it's either one person that wants to buy your thing many times or many people that need to buy it once but you need to justify that there is an addressable market for the product and service that you are creating, like for what your idea is. 
And I'll go back to sort of the lean startup methodology because I think that that one is the most efficient. So lean startup, which is perhaps like a book that you're familiar with, is is one of the Silicon Valley kind of classic guide books on like how to run operations and how to sort of build out a business. And really like the backbone of that methodology is about iteration, right? It's about sort of getting products into the world quickly so you can get gather data and then iterate on the product until it's like exactly what it should be, right? That that achieves that product market fit. And you know, however you describe the process, it's always sort of or or and, and regardless of the speed, it's always sort of the same idea. You know, the the minimal viable um, product that you can put out, meaning like the most like beta, like bootleg version of whatever it is that you want to do is like what you're aiming for. Because you just want to get like your product or your service or whatever, like into people's hands or like interacting with actual customers as soon as possible. So this is where like a lot of women, especially like this was my major issue, right? As I mentioned, like my partner and I, we created the logo, we toiled away at the logo and it was so much fun to put together. I remember, oh gosh, I remember when Katie and I started Hazel and Marie, we were, we were living in China together in Shanghai and we went on a trip to Korea. And I just will never forget just being on the train, like on the Korean countryside, just like toiling away at this logo and like the name of the business and the colors and you know, the tagline and what's the meaning behind what we're doing and all of that stuff. And I think that's the part that a lot of us find like so much fun. That's like the creative, just super fun part about the business, right? But (laughs) I've heard so many amazing stories from really, really successful entrepreneurs that support the fact that like the logo doesn't really matter the website doesn't really matter it's really like it's really like what is the product like what are you actually selling and how well are you marketing and selling it right and like how pretty it is or whatever isn't really like determining like how successful the the actual you know product or service will be that said um what I want to sort of communicate to you is like, don't make the same mistake that I made. Don't find yourself like five years into a business where it stops like being fun and you start saying like, damn, like I want to actually make some real money out of this and not being in a position where uh, that can happen very easily. And so what you really need to start focusing on is data. Data is your friend. Data is one of these issues I think is often akin to finances where unless that's like your wheelhouse, like you're a data or finance person, if that's not your wheelhouse, it's often like the thing that you avoid the most. It was for me. 
for a really long time until I realized that if I don't pay attention to the data and finances, like then my finances are not going to grow and that's not fun. Um, data, data, data is your friend. So if you're long, if you're thinking of launching a new product or service, or even if you've been sort of in business for a while and you haven't really seen the traction that you were hoping for, the answer is always like going back to the customer. So there's so many ways that you can figure out your product market fit. Like there's so many vehicles to which you can like execute finding this out, but all it is is a conversation. It's a conversation and information from the people that have used or are using your product or service. The feedback from your clients, your customers, your community is priceless. And you are never, you or I are never, ever, ever going to have a better idea on how to connect with your community or your clients that's better than what they actually tell you. And I think we really underestimate feedback. We underestimate the information we can gather from surveys. We underestimate the value of like treating someone to a coffee and just like asking them questions. The the feedback you can get could they you could be get, getting like million dollar ideas from this these this feedback because if someone's actively telling you their pains it is just an invitation to you to just create or do something that's going to alleviate that and sales are very basic like the psychology of sale is very basic people are only ever doing two things they're either moving away from pain or moving towards pleasure. And this is why the idea of pain points is so, so important, right? In marketing, when you're building a brand, you always want to start with like, what are the pain points of the customer and how does my product or service alleviate those pain points, right? And create pleasure for my client and for, for my clients, right? Our customers. And there's no better time to like have that conversation or to do that work than before you launched because, or like during a launch, because it, it's going to cut out so much heartache and stress and pain for you. If you just like have your customers tell you exactly what they need and want. So this is, I had an interesting experience with this. You know, so I, I work as a fractional CMO. I'm actually now working as a full-time marketing director for a, you know, multi-seven-figure business. But I still consult and I run these workshops uh, to help founders build their go-to-market strategy. And I've been doing this for years and years and years. And it's something I enjoy so much. And I think founders get a lot of value out of it. But recently like as i've like learned and grown as a marketer the depth of knowledge that i have about the elements that go into the go to market strategy has become like so vast right um so recently the fee- the workshops that i've been giving i always always send like an exit survey 
to the workshop attendees. And what's, what I saw as a pattern recently was a couple founders just expressing like, okay, the workshop was really, really helpful and like got a lot of value and it was like incredible, but it's such like a vast amount of information that it's getting very overwhelming. And that was so valuable to me because it, it allowed me to step back and say, okay, I think that I'm doing a service to my founder community by adding more information, right? As I as I become more sophisticated as a marketer, there's so many nuances to a marketing strategy and how to execute that I want to share that information, but it's not worth anything if adding more information is only going to create overwhelm and then in turn doesn't actually get the results for my clients. So in that sense, like I've been able to tweak how I deliver the workshop. I've now spread the workshop out over into two different um, segments, like two different workshops in order to be able to give each piece of it like the time that it needs and to be able to actually like give the space to the founder to like just ask the questions and understand and not have to move so quickly. It's this is the same process that you should be going through and don't feel like, okay, well you already launched the thing and it's too late. It's never, ever, ever too late to do that basic market research. And again, it could be done in surveys. It could be done just like taking some people, customers out to lunch and asking them questions. The, The information that you will get will be absolutely priceless. But if you're doing, um, if you want to do like something, you know, if you're in pre-launch and you want to be super efficient about it, I would say a really good way to structure the product market fit project is to create like a set of criteria and, and lay it out in an Excel spreadsheet. Some points that you want to confirm like are you know, effective or ineffective. Um, The things that your product does that's effective or ineffective, like some data points that you can collect that would measure like the satisfaction of your client and very diligently implement like an interview or a survey or something that's incentivized where you can be gathering as much information as possible, right? Like you can interview three or four people, 10 is better, 25 is better, 100 is better. I would aim, if I, if I were starting a business over again, I would aim to talk to 100 people about my idea or to test my beta, beta product before investing any real money behind production of it. And it seems like it's like a simple concept that everyone should kind of do, but we don't do it because we all get carried away and excited. <laughs> we all get carried away and excited, like dreaming about what our business could be. Um, and thinking that, you know, I mean, again, me as an example, I've worked with founders for 15 years, but even me, like I get so excited about the information that I could pass on that sometimes I lose sight of the actual client's needs. And in my case, 
you founders that are listening, like maybe it's overwhelming to hear like every nuanced piece of a marketing strategy. Perhaps it's not that exciting for you. What I believe you need is, is the distilled version, right? What are the action steps in the least amount of time or effort that is going to give you maximum results? That's what founders really need when you have small team, when you're, when you're operating on, on a bootstrap, right? Your bootstrap budget. So product market fit, like spend time really thinking if you've gone through this process sufficiently enough. And by the way, I don't think that this process ever really ends. If you listen to like any other, you know, any podcasters or any influencers, I think like, you know, Gary V's of the world or like the Rachel Hollis's or these people that are really like have massive, massive communities. One thing you always hear is that I always hear the same comment, you know, anything I've ever created or built or done has been an idea for my community that these influencers will like put questions out to their community about what, you know, what product they should develop or what course or what teaching or what Lord only knows. And that is like a surefire way to get people to pay for your thing because you have customers that are willing to pay, like actually telling you what they want. It's, I will never forget one, whatever, one like episode of the Kardashians. This is like a shaming thing that there was a time where I was really into watching them. And um, Kim Kardashian had put on her Instagram, uh, like they were coming up with a makeup line or whatever, and, and they were choosing like a color. And she went to the Instagram and put the two colors and said like, you know, which do you like best? And she got like an overwhelming response on, you know, one color over the other. And she made like a super smart business decision because, you know, going to social media, if you have a following is like a great way to do quick, easy, fast, free market research. So if you have a community of any kind, like that's the first place to start. If you don't pick up the phone, like, call the people that have bought your thing, right? Like test on friends and family, but I really do stress like talk to strangers, people that don't really care if they're going to hurt your feelings. That's why it's also nice to mix in surveys so people don't feel like, you know, bashful to tell you what they really think. And making anonymous surveys are even better, but get that information because it is gold. It is golden. And make sure that the feedback that you do get, you can put into some easy to read graphic, easy to read, you know, spreadsheet, collect the data because the data will tell you a a story, right? And as you, your business grows and, and flourishes, having that data saved that you can like reflect upon during your quarterly planning or your yearly planning is going to help like shape a conversation between you and your customers that's going to help you become more intuitive to what their needs are so save the data you know save the information make it easily digestible so this will be my last my last point easily digestible is really really important because if you just save if you like send out a hundred surveys and you just like save all of them 
and that's like how you're going to record it, it's not very useful. You need to find a way to distill those hundred surveys into data points that are quick and easy to digest. Because when you pull everything together and you look at like things side by side as numbers, right, on a graph, it's much easier to um, to digest, to understand, but like to interpret. So distilling data is incredibly important. So get on out there, find some ways to get those interviews, that feedback, confirm your product market fit, or confirm the ways in which you need to adapt or change your product or service to serve your community, your clients, your customers more. Because that is really, truly the way that you're going to grow your business exponentially. But that foundation, this foundation piece is essential. So if you need help figuring out how to execute product market fit project, feel free to send me a DM and I would love to give you some ideas. Have a great one and hope to see you here next week. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing for Startups podcast and for sticking around till the end. It would mean so much to me if you could like and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way of telling the world that this podcast has content worth listening to. And remember, you could always reach me at LinkedIn at Victoria Hajar or at UglyVentures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week.